out there in listening land, I'm Lisa. And today on Lisa and Larry's Untitled Relationship Show, my darling significant other and I will teach you one of the most important love lessons, how to tell if another person's interested in you. Because you can't have a love life until you've found that special someone to share it with. I remember when I was just a boy, I had an imaginary friend. I thought he really liked me, but one day he left me for my other imaginary friend. It took me a long time to get over that. I'm sure that must have been very traumatic, Larry. But this show is about adults in loving relationships with other adults. Well, it's quite possible my imaginary friends are all grown up now. I recall you were telling me you had a really dismal track record of knowing if a woman was interested in you. I wouldn't say it's really dismal. I just say it's dismal. When I first met both of my wives, at different times, of course, I had no idea they were interested in me. Of course, later after we were married, I had no idea they were no longer interested in me. But that's a whole nother thing. You know, it is hard for a woman to know whether a man might be interested in a long-term relationship with her or if he's only looking for a one-night stand. That's why it's always wise to go out during the day. You don't hear too much about one-day stands. (laughs) In my case, I also had to deal with the fact that some men only dated me because they knew my parents were wealthy. I remember when I first asked you out, your mother hired three detectives to uncover everything they could about me. Yeah, but despite some very alarming things they turned up, at least she discovered you weren't motivated by greed. No, as we discussed on an earlier episode, I was motivated by what a fabulous ass you have. So, what about me was alarming? Hmm, well... For starters, I hesitated going out with you because you're obsessed with that rodent figurine collection of yours. It's not an obsession. I just need to spend at least an hour a day with it, or I have trouble falling asleep at night. Remember when I bought you that cute little porcelain nightlight in the shape of a roof rat, and I won your heart? It's it's just too bad that cat burglar stole it from your home the very next day, especially as you said it was the only thing he took. And because it was handmade, I couldn't find a suitable replacement rat to give you. Uh, Well, it does make sense that a cat burglar would go after a rodent. Fortunately, though, I quickly found a beautiful butterfly nightlight to take its place before you had to spend any additional time looking for another one in the shape of a gnawing mammal. All I can say is, you're in for a real treat on your birthday. Oh, (sighs) So, Larry, when we first met, were you confident that I might be interested in going out with you? Not when I found out we came from very different walks of life. But I was so infatuated with your ass, astounding personality, that I wasn't going to give up. In fact, if you had rejected me a dozen times, I probably would have asked you out a dozen more, which I believe would have been about two dozen. Oh, that's so sweet. Although I think if I had turned you down one more time and you asked me out again, my mother would have gotten a restraining order on you. Fortunately, you only turned me down five times before you finally said yes. Well, a woman wants to know that a man is serious about her. So you turned me down five times just to test me? No, I actually turned you down five times because of that rat collection. Well, I'm glad you eventually agreed to give me and my rodent sculptures a chance because I wasn't having any luck finding a girlfriend online. Yes, yes, you told me about some of your internet nightmares. Would you like to share any of your experiences with our listeners? Well, I remember this one woman I met on Facebook. I'll call her Deirdre. To protect her identity. No, because I can't remember whether Deirdre was her first name or her last, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't Deirdre Deirdre. 
I friended her because she had a really sexy profile picture that really emphasized her profile. Anyway, Deirdre and I hit it off right away. After we private messaged for two whole days, I sent her an animal emoji. I believe it was a jellyfish or some other blobby creature. And she responded by sending me a penguin emoji, although it was so tiny, it could have been a zebra. After we exchanged digital wildlife, I posted a video of my cat, Hugo, sleeping on my foot, and she commented that it was precious. There's no way a man can misinterpret such an obvious sign of romantic interest. Precious is one of those words you only use when you really desire someone. You're sure you weren't reading into things? I mean, Hugo is fairly precious on his own. That is, when he's not attacking you and drawing blood. I will admit that's a possibility, because an hour after I asked Deirdre out on a date, the FBI showed up at my front door, and I realized she wasn't quite as smitten with me as I was with her. Getting back to a point you recently raised, Larry, you said people only use the word precious when they really desire someone. I don't recall you ever telling me that I'm precious. Oh, I must have said that a million times. Oh, no. I think I'd remember if you ever called me precious. After all, I treasure every name you call me. Sweetie, honey, darling, my little love nest. And on a few occasions, you've even referred to me as your endearing mushroom. And then there are those names that you use in the bedroom. One of them being Red Hot Bon Bon. Really? I've called you that? Oh, you say a lot of interesting things when we're... You know. Let's not get too sidetracked. Okay, okay. So, returning to the subject at hand, we were discussing why you never call me precious. Really? I'm pretty sure we had finished talking about that. Nope, nope, we definitely hadn't. I'm not so sure you're right, sweetie. Hmm. Break time! Yes, I now recall that we were indeed still discussing that very subject. But in my defense, Lisa, it was you who... I believe this would be the perfect time to teach our listeners another valuable love lesson. It's called Fess Up. Mm-hmm. And here's how it works. When you've said or done something wrong, just admit it. Don't pretend it didn't happen. Don't deny you made a mistake. Yeah. Don't offer any excuses why you said or did it. Mm -hmm. And above all, under no circumstances should you ever blame it on the other person. That is guaranteed to make things worse than you ever thought possible. But having said all that, Lisa, would you mind my asking if it bothered you so much that I never called you precious, why didn't you ever alert me to that fact? Larry, I hope you're merely presenting an example of one of those things you just told our listeners they should never do. I'm afraid I'm not following you, my little queen bee. Well, you see, when you implied that I was somehow responsible for not telling you that it bothered me, that was putting the blame squarely on moi, no? Well, technically that is true. But in my defense... And our male listeners should know that when you're in a loving relationship such as this one, you'll often find yourself in a defensive position. I honestly had no idea I never called you precious, nor did I know it bothered you so much. So I'm not really blaming either of us. For example, let's say that you told me out of the clear blue sky that you're disappointed because we've never discussed, let's say, migratory birds. That would no doubt be due to the fact that the subject had simply never come up between us, and no harm was meant by its omission. 
You're comparing my preciousness or lack of same to migratory birds? I get the sense that we're heading off on another of our tangents. In this case, a migratory tangent. Well, why is it that when you raise a new topic, you say you're using it as an example or to prove a point? But when I do the same, it becomes a tangent. If it makes you feel better, my love, we can call my comment a tangent too. Meaning that yours was merely a tangent from my previous tangent. I feel one of those headaches coming on that I get when we begin to lose our bearings. If it helps us to get back on course, I believe we were talking about migratory birds. No, I believe you were talking about migratory birds. Something about how you find them more precious than me. Certainly not all migratory birds. For instance, I've never been a big fan of turkey vultures. Anyway, I didn't raise the point about migratory birds because I thought they were precious. I was merely using them as an example of one of many things neither of us has ever discussed. Like whether prunes would be a good pizza topping or what life would be like if snakes could fly. And I don't think either of us should be blamed for not bringing up those subjects if we didn't know the other person cared about them. Are you implying that you might bring up prune toppings or flying serpents if you thought I cared about them? Because I am pretty sure I have no desire to ever discuss either one of those things. So is your point that you care more about migratory birds than you do about fruity pizza or airborne reptiles? Uh, At this point, I'm not sure what my point was. I'll bet we could figure out your point if we knew whether you even cared about migratory birds in the first place. Larry, I honestly don't know how I feel about migratory birds. I've never given them the slightest thought. It is possible that if I ever spent some time thinking about them, I might realize I care at least a little bit about migratory birds. That's exactly my point. Or maybe that isn't my point at all. Are are headaches contagious? Because I think I might be picking up some of yours. Is there any way we can just start all over again from scratch? You mean like going out on a first date? I mean, can we just start this entire discussion over again? Well, that's very astute of you, Larry, because even though you and I are similar in so many ways, when you're in a loving relationship like ours, there are occasionally times when things don't go as smoothly as we'd like. The good news is that you and I have developed a new Lisa and Larry true love trick for this very situation. We have? Yes, I think that is one of the best Lisa and Larry true love tricks we've ever come up with. We call it the do-over. And this is the perfect opportunity to show you, dear listener, how it works. And like most of our true love tricks, it's practically foolproof. As opposed to being completely foolproof. Ow! Sorry, I don't know how my mic stand rolled over your foot. The way the do-over works, you see, is that the couple starts their conversation all over again from a point before they got confused. It's like a reboot. That actually sounds like something that might work, even though I've never really understood what a reboot is. Well, what's magical about this true love trick is that it doesn't require any preparation, and you can do it again and again whenever you're in a similar situation. It's a relationship tip that keeps on giving. So to illustrate exactly how the do-over works, Larry and I will both start all over before either of us got the slightest bit confused. I feel extremely honored to be demonstrating this particular true love trick with you, honey. So how does it work? First, we have to decide at what exact point in the past we should start all over from. In that case, I'd like to make a personal request. 
and that would be to go back well before the part about migratory birds. I wholeheartedly agree with you. We definitely found ourselves in quite a detour over those damn turkey vultures. So, do you remember what we were talking about before you got derailed by that flock of confusion? Larry, I didn't get confused by those annoying avians. I got mixed up because you brought up those flying troublemakers in the first place. I'm 100% certain that whatever we were talking about before then, it had nothing to do with birds, migratory or otherwise. In fact, I don't recall us talking about any type of animal whatsoever, and we weren't discussing any species of plant either. Although I do recall mentioning a mushroom, which of course isn't a plant at all. It belongs to the kingdom known as fungi. Lisa, my beloved, I think we might be heading into another of those pesky detours. We went from fungus to birds to plants, and that that can't be what we originally planned on talking about, unless you forgot to inform me that you changed our format from a romance podcast to a nature program. I will admit that I probably should not have brought up the kingdom of fungi. So... We're going to start all over again, and not just from before migratory birds, but also before plants, mushrooms, and fungus of all kinds. Do you remember what we were discussing before we found ourselves entangled in flora and fauna? Hmm. I'm afraid I'm coming up blank. Let me glance at my notes and see what this episode was supposed to be about. Ah, yes. We were talking about how to tell if somebody might be interested in going out with you. Really? I I thought we covered that last week. No, last week's episode had a completely different subject, but it ended up similar to this one because we also had trouble staying on topic. I think I know how to get us out of this mess, as I just thought of a way to tell if somebody might be interested in going out with you. That's certainly reassuring news, Larry. And not only will you be passing along valuable information to our audience, but we'll also be illustrating how the do-over works, preventing a couple from stumbling on all their prior pitfalls. So, why don't you let our audience know how to tell if somebody might be interested in having a relationship with you? Thanks for asking, hon. Well, one way is to let them know you're interested in something that they're interested in. That certainly makes a lot of sense. Can you provide an illustration of this? Oh, I'd be happy to, but I don't have anything to draw with. Do you have a pen or marker I can use? I mean verbally illustrate. This is an audio show and nobody can see what you draw. No, but I could draw it and then describe the picture to our audience. Why don't we just save that for a future program and instead go ahead with your verbal illustration of the example that you were going to cite. Okay, so let's say that you and I are meeting for the very first time. And as we're learning more and more about each other, you let it slip out that you have an overwhelming interest in migratory birds. And so what I would then do is tell you that I feel exactly the same way about migratory birds, thereby letting you know that I'm... I'm afraid that that's all the time we have for this episode of Lisa and Larry's Untitled Relationship Show. Okay, okay. So it doesn't have to be migratory birds. How about we both have a love for non-migratory birds? I think there are lots of woodpeckers that don't migrate. Given your general lack of scientific curiosity, how would you even know that? I think I read it on the back of a cereal box, probably Fruit Loop, since it has a bird on it. You can't learn science from a cereal box, Larry. And anyway, the Fruit Loop's bird is a toucan. See? You also learned science from a cereal box, just like I learned about Sugar Bear from Super Sugar Crisp cereal. There's no such thing as a sugar bear. It was just a cartoon bear designed to make you eat tooth-dissolving breakfast food. Of course there's a sugar bear, just like there's a honey bear. Honey bear? Honey bear? 
That's just a nickname for a few animals like the kinkajou. There's no species scientifically known as a honey bear. Maybe I'm confusing it with a honey bee? Or is that a sugar bee? Oh, Larry, the do-over was supposed to prevent us from discussing all types of animals, plants, and fungi, but somehow we found ourselves back in the same situation, only worse. Now we're even talking about imaginary creatures. Uh Uh-oh, I just saw our producer Malcolm hitting his head against the mixing board. I hope that doesn't mess up our audio feed. I really don't see how we can continue this much longer. I'm afraid that if we keep going, we'll soon be discussing microorganisms or the, the possibility of life on other planets. Do you think there could be sugar bears on other worlds? Stop it! Larry, stop it! I don't want to hear about other life forms for however long this show continues. I'm afraid we'll have to save our rebooting demonstration for another time. Okay, I have another idea. What if we just do an entire episode on migratory birds? That way, if we got off topic, you'd probably be happy. But if we somehow managed to stay on topic... That would also be a victory of sorts. This is Lisa wishing you a lifetime of loving with the love of your life. We'll be back again soon for another episode of Lisa and Larry's Migratory Bird Show. Now see what you made me do. Lisa, I think you need to relax and do some deep breathing exercises. Why are you taking your microphone off the stand, Lisa? Lisa, stop waving your mic around like that and put it back in the stand. You're scaring me. If I see even one migratory bird on the drive home today, you know what I'm going to do. Lisa, please put your microphone down. (sighs)